Hello Doctor Who fans across the world, this is Paul and Jeff from the Who Corner to Corner podcast. This is, in fact, the Who Corner to Corner podcast. I am, in fact, Paul, and opposite me is, in fact, Jeff. It is. And I too am <laughs> And I too am from the Who Corner to Corner podcast. Yes. Jeff is, in fact, my co-host, and I am, in fact, Jeff's co-host, and together we are the hostage of the Who Corner to Corner podcast, coming at you right now. Yeah. Was that, was that, was that kind of down with the kids enough, do you think? Yeah, it was. was yeah, it? Kids were I think that's going to get us yeah. a whole new audience of uh, young yeah. people listening to it, the show. It yeah? could do. Uh, it Wicked. Sick. sick. Yeah. Is, that, is that a thing? Is that, is that, that, that is what good? they say, yeah. That is well, what they, my son, it is. My is son it? says, sus. 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 Oh my god. I don't know what it means. I don't know what that means. I've no <laughs> idea what that one means. He doesn't know either. <laughs> oh my good lord. My giddy aunts. Oh my giddy aunts. So what are we Ooh, talking what? about tonight then, Jeff? Let's tell our lovely listeners what's on the agenda, my friend. Well, we are here tonight to talk uh, about the uh, Paul McGann Eighth Doctor <gasps> TV yes. movie. We are buoyed up on the uh, glorious hype and re- of the return of Paul McGann in Power of the Doctor recently. Yeah. And it was his birthday and, uh, last week, actually. Yes, well. it was his birthday, wasn't it? Was it was yeah, his which birthday. Which we uh, tweeted about. Um, so, so that was really nice. So, yeah, we thought we'd go back and watch the Paul McGann TV movie. Um, yeah, because why not? Now, I, I haven't watched this for a while, but mm, I have. Same. Uh, as I'm sure you do, I have quite um, fond memories. And I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before. But when it came out, um, so I'm a little bit jumbled, but I have this memory of. of buying it yes. on, on a VHS tape before it was broadcast for some reason, um, or maybe it was yes. the other way around, which, which would be the, the usual way. It and was all I a bit was, weird at the time, I remember, it, yeah, sort of. I think I was on holiday in yeah. Cornwall, and I went with my friends to uh, Woolworths, uh, which ah, Woolies. No I remember Woolies. Um, and I went to buy the VHS of it, and then when I got back from holiday, I I, I think it was on TV uh, shortly after. So anyway, you, you know, it, I'd watched uh, Who with McCoy, uh, and then obviously mm. the show ended, and I, you know, it sort of stopped for me. And whereas for you, it carried on with with Target and New Adventures and yeah. things. And then when it came back with McGann, I obviously had a strong enough kind of memory of it mm. to think oh you know I must watch this um, you know and, and remember really enjoying it and then you know oh, there's not going to be any more oh okay well that's that's a bit of a shame and then I you know I, I, I didn't know about everything else you know because I yeah. wasn't sort of really in the fandom at all or you know you didn't have the internet back then etc et no internet in the 90s no, well there exactly, was yeah. but it was for, for it was. very exclusive people yes it was not not uh, minions no, and plebs that's like, paid like best me. part of four grand for a, for a PC <laughs> so yeah I, I you know distinctly remember going to get it and watching mm. it and, and uh, you know in, enjoying it and uh, maybe the VHS had a special case to it or something I, I, I can't remember something postcards or mm. something anyway but but yeah I, uh, I enjoyed it and um you know, I've obviously watched it a couple of times since then, and, and rewatching it this week. Um, yeah, I I liked it a lot, and I think that uh, um, you know Paul and his doctor were mm. you know Im- immediately likable within it, and and he had quite a strong grasp of of you know playing the the, the character in his way. Um, and it really is a shame that he never got to to. Uh, you know, be developed on screen yeah. more, and so you know, thank goodness for Big Finish because they've they've done mm. you know wonders with him, and and in a you know, whereas with 
Colin's sixth doctor, you know, he he was quote unquote, you know, saved on on Big Finish, which is which is not entirely true because he was still great on TV, but he was allowed to, you know, mellow and and develop a bit more on on audio. Um, but Paul's doctor has just been given the life that you know he never got on TV, um, which which I think is great that we've been able to have that with him. So yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot. What about you? How was yeah. it for you? I I I love I love it. I, to be honest, I've always loved the TV movie, I, and and like you as well. I I remember getting the VHS and the novelisation written by <laughs> Gary Russell, um, mm. pretty much around the same sort of time. It's one of those things. I was I, I was thinking about this the other day when I when I when this first came out, and I thought I was at uni. I wasn't actually. I I think I just left, so it had been the year that I think actually I pretty much done my exams and and left but i remember it because i got together with a bunch of uni friends in a in the pub on the night after it it had been uh it it'd been transmitted on bbc one in the uk which is a bank holiday if i recall mm. and we all got together in the pub on the tuesday and we were all talking about it and i remember thinking this is the first time since i'd been at school years and years and years before and actually, even then, because when I was at school before that, it was Sylvester McCoy. Nobody but me talked about Sylvester McCoy. Yeah, so really, going back to maybe Peter Davison or even Tom Baker when I was you know, in, in, in primary school. So, but this was the first time that I'd been with a bunch of mates that everyone, the whole conversation was about Doctor Who. Did you see it? What do you think of it? Mm. Paul McGann, it was American, this, that, and the other. All these things, was about, you know, as we're sitting around a table having a few beers, it, it, and it was it felt really good it it felt mm, like yeah, somehow the spark of doctor who had been reignited and i think yeah. we all knew the tv you know the the scripts the the, the movie the end result wasn't perfect but there's mm. something about it which is so joyous which is so full of the essence of doctor who yeah. that it was enough to kind of get the british public you know watching it again i mean it got what Nine million viewers it, it, over it here, did really well, which is great. Know, and in the mid nineties, uh, when yeah. TV audiences were downwards, you know, yeah, yeah. So, and okay, it didn't do great over in the states because for some well, that, reason they put what... it up against the final episode of Roseanne, which was like an absolute cult across yeah. both sides of the Atlantic. I think even mm. I watched some of that. Yeah, I, I used to lost watch track Roseanne, by yeah. then, to be honest. But yeah, it was. Um, it, it's really something. I think it's it's one of those. Doctor Who stories that, for better or worse, is an absolute landmark, yeah, and it's yeah. it's it's great. I love it. Well, it was it was a big deal, you know. Yeah, I remember it being on the on the papers on you know talking about it with my friends and stuff. Mm. And yeah, like you said, the the flame was, you know, obviously I wasn't sort of quite aware of it all the same way you were back then. But you know, it, it was back. And you were still in nappies back then, weren't you? I was. I was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, at, at college. You know, I don't like to talk about it, but um, <laughs> don't like to talk about those days. It was a long time ago. And then I think I must have, you know, maybe I read it in the paper or yeah. something that, you know, it wasn't coming back and I thought, oh, that's, that's a shame. You know, it, mm. it it didn't sort of quite make sense because it had done well over here, and but obviously with the, you know, the US uh, involvement on it, you know, that's what kind of finished it. Mm. And so, you know, in, in an alternate, you know, across the multiverse somewhere, that it, it was a hit, you know, and, and there was a whole different life for Doctor Who, you, you know, springing out of that, you know, yeah, which, yeah, which we'll yeah. never have, but, you know, We'll, uh, you know, we we got it. So, yeah, I um I made a few notes watching it. Um, have you, Jeff? I have, yeah. Uh, and um, 
when it starts there you you've got that sort of recap about the you know uh, Scaro and and the master and stuff like that and then um it, it sort of fairly quickly gets into the title music and I wrote the theme feels full of hope and excitement and I love the theme it's really good and it in so sort of hard to explain but it it felt like you know this is big this is exciting and it, this is a yeah. you know like you, you know when music in a film or something just kind of erupts and it's really mm. kind of thrilling and exciting and it and it did that and it was felt quite kind of um, defiant. This is a, you know, this is a mission statement sort of thing and and the theme reflects, uh, you know, the Eighth Doctor quite well I think as well. Um, so yeah, it had a, a cracking um, start uh, to it. I thought. I, I agree. It it starts. I mean, the music, the theme music starts with the middle eight, doesn't it? Mm, and yeah. that, I think that's one of the reasons why it sounds quite uplifting and, and joyous because yeah. that is the part of the theme music which does that. It lifts it from yes. the usual kind of thing. Which yeah, is, and it's never been done. It was never done before. It's never been no. done since. In no. fact, I remember. I'm sure I remember reading an interview with Murray Gold when the series came back to the BBC in 2005 that he wasn't originally going to bring back the middle eight. He didn't like it. It was, it really? was like porridge or something. I thought he, I thought he said, and then mm. I think actually the next series, he, he did bring it back and it's, and he did a brilliant job of it, but I, I love the middle eight of Dr. The Dr. Mm. thing. It's great. You know? yeah, so, it does, it does and, and the, the fact this starts with it and it has that, it just, it's, it's not as fast paced as it had been previously or would be mm. in 2005. There's a sort yeah. of steady march to it, isn't it? It's like a brass, band with a bit of orchestra playing behind and again it's the first time we'd heard really the doctor who theme being played by an orchestra yeah so this is something that kind of pre prefigures what's going to happen in almost you know in another seven years time or so yeah after this it, it's it is a real stepping stone between the old classic series and the re the, the reborn the modern series and yeah, i definitely. do wonder a lot if we hadn't had the tv movie would we even have got the 2005 revival series i, I don't think we have because no. it's so clear that the bbc in the in the late 80s and pretty much right through the 90s had no respect no love at all for doctor who they wanted it gone if you read yeah. all the stuff of you know all the stuff philip siegel was saying the producer of this and all the stuff around at the time and it just okay it had maybe a few allies like possibly alan yentop who was at one point the controller of bbc2 and got some repeats yeah. back on the tv and there were various people who were sort of connected but not in a position strong enough like graham harper for example and you yeah. know john nathan turner who's still staunch ally of it but wasn't really able to do anything he couldn't make any decisions was it was out of his province it was totally the higher-ups at the bbc so there was yeah. nobody really who who liked it nobody wanted it we got this show eventually after all the, the wrangling with everything else the story of how this movie came to be is is one of the most exciting yeah, and yeah. periods in, in Doctor Who's troubled life. It, it's it's a real adventure in itself. I really feel for Philip Siegel when he eventually was able to watch it and and sit you know sit there and watch it and just look at it for all its flaws. 
but having spent seven years of his life and then some trying to get this on but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of digressing the, the, the point I'm getting at is if we hadn't had this the BBC probably wouldn't have realised there was still an audience for it nine yeah, million people possibly, yeah. tuned in to watch this after a period of seven years so that's more than just fans that's people like my wife she did watch it you know she was yeah. She, she wasn't my wife at the time. She wasn't quite yet then. But, you know, she, she watched it with me. And people went out and bought the DVDs like you yeah. did and I did. And and I remember as well, it was it, it was all over the place. It was in every magazine, it seemed. Yes, I mean, it, it was, was in yeah. SFX. It was in Starburst and a whole bunch of other titles which aren't around anymore. And I wanted to do my usual thing. You know me, Jeff. I like to not have spoilers, but... I, th- there was no way I couldn't lap this stuff up as soon as it was coming out. Every set photograph, the images of the TARDIS, the Doctor in his costume, Grace Holloway, yeah. Lee So, Eric Roberts, the Master. Oh my God, it was just, it was just the most exciting time to be a Doctor Who yeah. fan I, I, at that you point. Know, like I said, I you know I remember it and it was exciting, but you know for you know a, a much more hardcore, long term fan like like yourself, you know, must have been amazing, <laughs> you know. Um, and and uh, yeah, th- I think you're right. You know, if 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 this hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't have had, you know, the the new Who. Um, no, and, there, and there are so many stylistic um, similarities between that and and what we what we what we te- what we came to get in in 2005 mm-hmm. and, and onwards as well. You know, it's yeah. there, there is a sort of faster pace to it. There's, it's obviously a little bit more lavish. There's some. You know, there, there, there's some money being spent on it, probably more on this than there ever was actually in the, any of the 2005 oh, episodes. You, you can see it in, um, you know, the the you know the TARDIS set alone. Yeah, you know, it's, it's massive. Um, and, and you know, gorgeous. In, you know, in San Francisco and stuff as well. So um, we'll talk about the TARDIS and stuff in a minute. Yes. Tell me, um, you know, what your thoughts were when when Sylv turns up at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, as, as a hardcore Doctor Who fan, I love it because it's continuity, yeah. it's a handhold to the old series, and Sylvester never got in survival. Brilliant story, though, it is the kind of finish that his Doctor um, deserved. Yes. I'm disappointed yeah. Ace wasn't in it, but. You know, I can I can get through that. But as a yeah. Doctor Who fan, I love the fact Sylvester McCoy is in it. Uh, as as a sort of creative kind of person, and so unable to you know, and I put my sort of story writing hat on and think, is this the right thing for a new audience after seven years of absence? And it's a show that probably nobody really remembers Sylvester yeah. McCoy's Doctor, and 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 apart from the hardcore fans, and you're introducing it to an American audience. It's totally the wrong start to the show. Yeah, Absolutely I, I wrong. Yeah. But I still love the fact yeah, he's there. Now, now, uh, you know, that it's it, it exists and is unencumbered mm. by, you know, anything of the time, it's brilliant. And, and you know, it stood the test Definitely. of time for yeah. it, you know, and, and helps kind of, um, you know, give, give the, the TV movie more, so you know, it makes it more special because of it. Um, so yeah, it was great to see Silv. I felt that the the way he was uh, killed, uh, you know, and had to regenerate was, you know, bit. I didn't like it. I felt mm. that um, it, the 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 actual um, episode is is the the movie is quite violent. Um, you know, it is in especially in its ways. first half. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote it's, um, it's quite dark. Some yeah, areas. the gang gang war stuff is quite violent, and it's a mm. sort of new world for the show. And I felt that Seven's end was quite violent and and you know he was innocent in it you know he just mm. steps out of the TARDIS and gets shot down <laughs> <and> <laughs> so, you know it was a bit kind of um 
Yeah. Uh, but that's it, the 90s, though, mate. That's the 90s. Well, People used to get shot up all the time, innit? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, I you know. don't know if that's true, particularly. I'm, I'm sure it isn't. But I don't know. There, there did seem to be a lot of... Um, a lot of shows, I think they, they've probably always been there, to be honest, but, you know, where there's just a lot of guns and there's no real respect for the damage that guns can do in those things. It's just a, an action point. <clears throat> Possibly, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> it does seem a little bit gratuitous and sort of unnecessary, but in, in, in some ways, it's not actually the gunshots that that kill the Seventh Doctor. It's the surgery that he undergoes afterwards at the hands of Grace Holloway. It's if you're going to be really pedantic about it, you know. Yes, yeah, but it, it's still. But then he wouldn't be there unless he got shot. No, and and so you know, it it, it was what it was. But you know, normally yeah. the Doctor Doctor goes out kind of heroically. So this was like he might as well have slipped on a banana. Sandwich, I suppose. <laughs> there is uh, that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's a but, good point. But, actually, you know, yeah. it, it was fine. Um, I like the way but, in the. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was, I was going to say, there's, there, there is a weird thing. There's a weird kind of pause, though, when the TARDIS materializes. So, so um, Chang Li is kind of on his own, isn't it? Is is mm. mates have all mm. been shot up, and the, the the three dudes are standing there with their with their machine guns pointing at him. They pause. Chang Li's got nowhere to run, and then the wind fires up. Now, mm. Chang Li could run at this point, noticing that his attackers are being distracted, but he doesn't. He stays there looking around himself in sort of confused, curious wonderment. And also, so do the three gun guys with the guns. They stick around as well. There's quite a long pause where yeah. you think, okay, one of them should make a run for it or something yeah, now, yeah. or do something. But they literally wait until the TARDIS is fully materialised until the door opens and then the doctor steps out and then they gun him down and then they yeah. run. It's a little bit early, strange. Yeah. yeah, there'd have been no movie if they'd run. You know? Yes. <laughs> well, actually, it would have been very different, yeah. I have to say, it's probably the only part of this movie that actually I don't like mm. that much. Like like you, I think. I think, you know, I can live with the rest of this pretty much all you know regardless of its weird inconsistencies and bizarre plot points and contrivances and everything else um but this one it's it's just but like with a lot of doctor who it's of its time and i yeah. i just get the impression there was a lot of that sort of thing going around in in tv shows in the 90s yeah tv then was you know a little bit more sort of edgy and stuff wasn't it and you know it's that's fine, it yeah uh, deliberately edgy yeah there, there was a lot of um there was a lot of what was it kind of pre-millennial angst going yes. around when everybody yeah. thought the clocks were gonna were gonna okay. stop and the whole yeah. world would grind to an apocalyptic halt because nobody had figured out how to put an extra digit or an extra zero yeah. to accommodate the, <laughs> the year 2000 so that was all a bit strange but there was a lot of that in in culture and yeah. you know a lot of the music at the time you think you know you got things like um, U2's Axum Baby that mm. whole cyberpunk kind of move there, there was a real feeling that we were almost on the edge of a dystopia which is weird because after the Berlin Wall came down it was actually quite a happy place most of the 90s mm. there was a feeling that something horrific was just around the corner Yeah, so we're yeah, kind of were, going into political uh, history now but yes yeah, let's, and there uh, was yeah, <laughs> but well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as it happens um, what, what did you think we of, cut that of, <laughs> no no it's, it's good um, it reminds me of a story from um, 
uh, Bono's book, actually. They went to Germany to record um, October They did, Baby. yeah, in Berlin. And, uh, yeah, that's right. And they went out to go party that night And um, when they mm. first landed, and they thought, everyone's really miserable. What, you know, Germany's supposed to be happening, and, you know, music, culture, and all this. And then they realised they were on the wrong side of the wall, and they joined the, the group that didn't yeah. want it to have come down. <laughs> Um, so uh, let's uh, let's go back to some fiction. Uh, what, what did you think of um, Eric's master? In this I one? love Eric's master. Yeah. I, I love it from start to finish. I love it when he's Bruce the ambulance guy, and he's yeah. such a lovely guy. He's, mm. I mean, he is. He only has a few lines as Bruce, mm. but in those few lines, and this is true of a lot of the characters in this, they have they. They, they, there's a um, there is masses of personality. Yes, in in the bit players even, and at that point, Bruce as Bruce is only really a bit player. You know, he yeah. gets the doctor's corpse into the back of an ambulance and takes him to the hospital and has a nice little chat with Chang Li, and then and and then he becomes the master after that. Yeah, you then, know, when the snake kind of goes down his throat. Yeah, he, he, which is very, very 90s CGI. It is, that, it is. But like so bogey. much Doctor Who, of its time. Of its time, yeah, exactly. You know? And I love that. I love yeah. even the planet Scaro, which opens, right? Yeah. Now, I remember looking at that thing, and oh, wow, that's pretty good. You know, yeah. suddenly it looked on the level of, like, Star Trek The Next Generation, right? Yeah. Suddenly Doctor Who was at this level now, and it, we'd only had sort of glimpses of that before. But anyway, yeah. I thought, wow, this is brilliant. But now I look at it and I think, I actually thought for a minute I was I was going to be watching Lex. I don't know if you ever saw that, but that was a mad yeah. 90s sci-fi yeah. thing. But I, I adored it. It was, it was a cult student thing, and just me and my mates just used to watch it at ridiculous hours of the morning. Think, oh, what the f- is <laughs> no, I mean, it's just one of those but kind of head banging psychedelic thing. weird yeah. things but it was full of that 90s type yeah. cgi the time, where there's not quite as much detail as you yes, really need that, on a that's thing. it yeah and at the time you you, you don't know any difference so that was you know, great you, i remember just, thinking it's brilliant you know, yeah, yeah it's, it's good um i i made a note that um mm. that, that bruce when he becomes the master he, he turns a bit t1000 he does a bit oh yes yeah, yeah. there's, there's he, no disguising that that's totally he, intentional even, even talks differently like this. Well, um, he is—he is a corpse at that point. The master has actually killed Bruce's body. He's yeah. decaying, and this presence is kind of inside. But it's not—I get the impression it's not fully settled. You know, it's yeah. controlling him like a puppet on a string, really. And there's that brilliant moment where he's, he's with the comedy nurse, and he pulls off a fingernail and flicks it. Oh yeah, <laughs> she which just is goes, great. Ugh. It's disgusting. <laughs> but also, just before that moment, actually, when he comes into shot through the camera from from right to left he kind of lurches in a zombie like way as if again as if he is actually a puppy on a string we don't see him do that again mm. but the fact that he does it means you know he's, he's thinking about it i mean mm. eric roberts's performance in every scene as the master is completely different there's hardly yeah. any real continuity which i can i can i can get along with because the master is unhinged so that works for me. I, I don't have any issue with it. And, and I love it. And the fact we go from that to right at the end where he always dresses for the occasion. Yes. I, I love it. It's become a meme. Yeah. And it's, it's brilliant. And I, I love all of it. I, I love the, the zombie. I love the camp. I like the, the humour. He's got, he's got a fair bit of humour as well in there. you know. And he's a bit yeah. flirty with Chang Lee. He's a bit flirty with Grace. So there's, there's, there's that sort of part to it as well. I... I it, yeah, he's brilliant. I 
Yeah, I, I really do like Eric Roberts's master. Yeah, he, he's having a. <laughs> what great about you? Time, what do you think? It? He thinks he's having a yeah, great time. Yeah, uh, he's he's really enjoying mm. it, and um, you know, like you say, he kind of does develop a bit as as he goes on, you know, and and like there's not sort of a a coherent consistency to it, but you know. I, I yeah. suppose you know he he's been taken over and blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, he's 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 on the right side of kind of camp OTT for it. I think you mm. know he doesn't go too wild with it. But um, yeah, he's 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 really good and and sort of you know kind of maniacally evil, but not yeah. again not not really over the top. It's it's no 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 res- yeah. restrained and and believable really. There there is there is a strong element of performance. The master yeah. performing. It's, it's almost like the, the master is being a pantomime villain and, and, and actually mm. sort of enjoying it in his mm. weird, twisted way. But to be honest, you look at you look at John Sims' master, you look at Michelle Gomez's Missy and, and Sasha Duan's master, they all pull on that as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they, there is a delight in doing what the master does. I think maybe mm. Sasha Duan's takes it into a much, much darker place. Mm. But again, it all... It kind of springs from here because I think actually Eric Roberts's master is slightly different. It's, it's, it's actually very different from Anthony Ainley's. Anthony yeah. Ainley's is is I don't know. It seems um, seems a little bit more two dimensional than either Roger Delgado's before him or you know these ones afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I think I think I'll probably upset a lot of people saying that, but it's just you know just what I think. And there, there's not a lot of nuance I don't think to Anthony Ainley's master and i love him for that because i love yeah. what what he does and but there's a there's a huge amount of nuance to um to eric roberts but i don't think it's all intentional i think it just depends what mood he was on on the day they were recording yeah, it yeah. so they recorded yeah. it on a tuesday morning instead of a monday morning it, it could have been completely different yeah and yeah. F- as a result of that it is very different through the film so i don't think yeah. it's much a character progression so it's not nuanced in that way but it is very changeable mm. and so, it kind of works though doesn't it it yeah, totally works know. yeah whether it's, by accident or design i think yeah. it works it was good that he came back and did some big finish uh, i know I, I'm, I, I'm gonna have to listen to those I'm yeah to i've heard it's and, good if, if anyone it? listening uh, yeah i haven't Let listened to them but yeah, if anyone's listening, has listened to let it, us, let us know, know what, what what you thought. So, um, what did you think of Grace uh, in this? Yeah, I love Grace. She's a bit she's a bit um, crazy as well in in some respects. Yeah, she's quite different. I mean, the first time you see her, she's at the opera and mm. having a little tear, and uh, she's a doctor, so you I immediately realise she's quite yeah. cultured and, and smart, yeah. and um, you know, uh, in, you know, intelligent and everything. And I quite like the parallel that she's a doctor, you know, as well, mm. um, a, a real one. But yeah, again, you know, I, I liked her, and um, you know, I think that uh, it, you know had had the show carried on I think they could have had a really good pairing between mm. them and, and it would have been it would have been a bit different you know because obviously Ace was sort of you know pseudo teenager type of thing and Grace yeah. is older you know so yeah. that, that would have been you know quite nice to have that slightly different thing because you know Eight is you know he, he's sort of a more you know mature doctor in some ways isn't he uh, you do know, you think kind of yeah, but but also but you know like the bit where he 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 runs on the spot and he you know he yeah. gets really excited he's very joyful and and um, you know all, all of that <laughs> to the forefront and I think that um, that they you know Grace is sort of a bit more uh, there's more of a serious uh, mm, element mm. to her as well as a sort of goofy 
uh, side, perhaps, you know, or, or not goofy such, but you know, roman- a romantic side. Yeah, maybe, I, th- I think that's. You know? Yeah, I think romantic with a capital R. Yeah, like of like that. Believe, the, believing in in love and you know and, and yeah, which stuff, you know. which makes her ideal, I think, for for the Eighth Doctor because yes. he's designed around that kind of. Well, he's been described as Byron-esque, which yes. is you know, and Byron is the epitome of the romantic capital R kind of movement. Yeah, in, yeah. You know, in in art and whatever, so it's it, it's 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 yeah. She's a she's a brilliant counterpoint. Her character yeah. is a brilliant, brilliant counterpoint for 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 the Eighth Doctor, mm. and it's it's a shame. I was surprised actually at the end of this when she didn't jump in the TARDIS. And yeah, I'd forgotten. Actually, that, the three of them. It'd be great. I'd have loved to see mm. the three of them go off and do adventures, but they don't. Yeah, and, I, but I like I the forgot. reason why Grace doesn't, because she says she knows who she is now. You know, it's kind of, and I'd never thought about this until I sort of watched it last night. That you know, at the start of this, she's she's sort of going through the motions with her relationship. You know, she's got this boyfriend guy, and you know, he's taking us to the opera, or she's bought him whatever it is. They're both at the opera. She loves the opera, whether he does or not, I don't know. There's no emotion on his face, but there is on Grace's face. She's mm. really intensely feels it. She's got that sort of creative soul. Um, but I, you know, I just wonder. Is she doing what she really wants to do? And then you th- get this thing at the end. You know, she's been fired from her job, so she doesn't know what the future holds. But she feels complete. She knows who she is, and I I love that because at the same time, the Doctor knows who he is as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of I love the storytelling in this as well. There's a lot of parallels. You know, the the the, the Doctor regenerating the same time as the master assumes his new body Mm. right grace's understanding of who she is at the point when the doctor understands who he is as well there's lots of nice little cuts as well in the in the actual direction and that whole battle at the end you get this brilliant bit where the master half the master's face is on the right hand side of the screen and then the, half the doctor's face, the other half of the face, is on the other half of the screen, and it cuts between the two of them, almost like you're seeing two sides of the same face. Yeah, oh, it's so good, it's brilliant Which, stuff like that. Know, Elevates they, it, you know. Yeah, I mean they, they are in in many ways, aren't they? Two sides of the same. Yeah, point, exactly. You know, yeah, and you've got a direct visual representation mm, of that. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd forgotten that Grace didn't leave with him uh, at, at the mm. end. So, um, but. Um, it took me a bit by surprise, actually. Um, so, uh, you know, quite, yeah, a bit of a weird way to end it, I guess. But the well, it's not ending on a way that's going to go to a series, is it? You no, know, there's no big cliffhanger at the time. No, 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 um, no exactly. And you know, and, and in some ways, I think in retrospect, that kind of helps the TV movie. Yeah, because it, it makes it an island of its own. Uh, yeah. it's you know, so whatever happens next. Whether it's and and BBC books were kind of quick to pick it up with the Eight Doctors by Terence Dix, it's a complete new start. So we've got the established character of the Eighth Doctor. We kind of know who he is. There's so much more that can be told, Mm. and off he goes having adventures with Sam. Sam, I want to say Sam Jones, but Sam Jones is Flash Gordon. I can't remember other name. (laughs) Sam anyway. (laughs) I'll probably find it somewhere. I looked up on Big Finish, and and um, they've never had Daphne Ashbrook. Do an audio with with Paul McGann. She did some, wasn't she? She did do some, didn't she? Yeah, with with um, uh, the the lad in in the I can't remember his name. Um, 
Lee Jitso. Yeah, Lee. Yeah, he, and, he did um, some. I think yeah. I think because there's poten- there's possibly a rights issue with the character. Uh, I think really? Grace Holloway and Chang Lee belong to Universal. <sighs> they're they're their characters, so we're probably never going to see them again no. in the world of Doctor Who. The lawyers will have a field day yeah. unless Disney can just uh, steamroll over all of that crap. Well, don't they yeah, own maybe. Universal anyway these days? Probably one of the few studios that they don't. <laughs> no, they, they own Fox. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, that's a bit of a shame. Um, but obviously, you know, um, McGann did a lot with um, Sheridan Smith and, you know, Lucy Miller. Great, yeah. yeah, great, great stuff there. Um, so what Lucy did you think? Bleed and Miller. That's it, Sorry, Lucy come on. Bleed yeah. and Miller. What, what did you think of, uh, you know, we briefly mentioned earlier about the TARDIS design, and, you know, you, oh. there's quite a bit more of, of the TARDIS on show, yeah. isn't it? On, on the inside, definitely. Mm. On the outside, looking at it now, it looks really small. Yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. really small, and the police box font at the top looks really looks too big, so <laughs> proportions don't look quite right. But it's the old style police box from yeah. the eighties and seventies, isn't it? With a with a bit of a new paint job and stuff. So I love that they kept to that. And the inside is okay. So again, right? I've got my my Doctor Who fan creative side that absolutely loves it. Love the the lighting. Love the 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 mix between wood panels, brass levers, and railings. Fluorescent mm. tubes that reach up to a, a really really high ceiling that can disappear to show the outside image of the universe. We've got those big steel arches that seem to have been recreated in Jodie's TARDIS with the, mm. the crystal arches. So yep. I, I love all that. And again, a lot of those design choices have kind of bled through into the new series. Again, that yeah. central column that goes all the way up through the centre of the TARDIS, mm. it seems to imply. So I, I love all that. On the other hand, it's totally bonkers, right? Because, mm. I mean, the, the seal of Rassilon everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Why would that happen? The face of Rassilon in the Eye of Harmony in a cloister room that has bats in it, that has torches, flaming torches oh, yeah, on the walls. Yeah. That has, yeah, millions of candles. I mean, was the yeah. Seventh Doctor suddenly into candles and clocks? Somehow, somehow <laughs> develops a candle clock fetish in, in an yeah. unseen adventure or something. Oh, I've got to collect all the clocks in the world and the universe, <laughs> or time will disrupt and fold in upon itself. I did, it's just I did think mental. that was. Like there was that sh- little shot of all the clocks, and it was like he likes time. Yeah, he, he likes time. <laughs> so I, I think actually, um, I've, j- I've just got the the novel of the the TV movie in front of me. I think Gary Russell, who who wrote this, right, he, he sort of seems to justify it, and I like some of the some of the ways that he does. Firstly, he points out that um, some of the yeah, where where are we? So he, this is him describing. The interior of the of the eighth doctor or the seventh doctor's TARDIS, as it is at this point, um, and he goes. There's a tiny secluded garden area with an ornamental church organ borrowed from Saint Christopher's in Cheldon Boniface, his favourite English village. Now that, if memory serves, is um, is the was featured in the Paul Cornell New Adventures novel um, Revelation. And it's appeared throughout a few new adventures, I think. And then we've also got, so just skipping forward a bit, he goes, above the wooden main exit doors with their marble embellishments was a massive circular indentation inscribed with the most recognisable Gallifreyan symbol, the Great Seal of Rassilon. Smaller versions of this device dotted the rest of this room and others. The Doctor had long resisted displaying them. He was not exactly proud of his heritage, but was now reaching an age nearly 1,000 years old where it seemed 
claimed to be appropriate to at least acknowledge it. He must be maturing, the doctor decided, like a good wine. So I, I love that because obviously Gary Russell being involved with the new adventures mm. and Doctor Who magazine over those wilderness years, writing the 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 crazy design but beautiful design of that TARDIS into the continuity of Doctor yeah. Who as any fan in their right would, minds would, do, would absolutely yeah. do. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. What do you uh, reckon? Or, you know, yeah, I, lo- I love the, the look of the TARDIS. It's so mm. um, sort of... Uh, it stands on its own against all, all the others. You know, the... the you know, ten, nine, and ten's TARDIS is so different from that orange mm. monstrosity that eleven had to start with. Just, just <laughs> you didn't like that it. one, did you? Didn't didn't really like that one. I remember no. you saying um, before. You know, but then then his his second version, you know, was sort of all really kind of sci-fi looking. You know, and, and yeah. the, the the enhancements with with Capaldi's, uh, you know, with yeah, books yeah. and stuff is is really fitting. Um, and I love Jodie's, you know, and, uh, and uh, mm. it sort of harkens back a bit to, um, you know, the organic style with, with nine and tens, you know, the kind of coral type um, structures. And I like the big crystal structures with, with Jodie's one. And yeah, it's a bit like, um, you know, McGann's one here with that big kind of, looks a bit like the uh, U2 claw from, from that tour that they, the 360 tour. Yeah, 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 it does. A bit like yeah. that, um, but preceding it. Um so yeah, I, th- I think it uh, it looks looks really good. Um, and and thinking about McGann's Doctor, you know, like I said earlier, mm. he's had a really great life on audio. I've listened to quite a bit of um, the the Dark Eyes series. I've I've done the first two sets of that, um, and I, and I've listened to some of the ones where he he travelled with Mary Shelley, which are more sort of. You know, yeah, kind of, I haven't got round to listen to those yet. I'm yeah, really really looking forward to. Um, them. There's one about uh, I think there's about four. There's not many, mm. but one of them is about a, a sort of witch living in a well, um, and the other one is called yeah. uh, Silver Turk, which is about. Uh, a oh man. yes, yes. Um, and that's it's quite it's quite spooky actually. Mm. Uh, as as listeners might know, I like a spooky who, <laughs> um, and uh, I, I listened to Stranded as well, the first set of that. But yeah. um, like we've talked about before, I think the so many of his releases now are you know four episodes of mm. box set one and it's going to be a four box set series which is like you know a hundred quid or so six sixteen you know hours of stuff which yeah. is awesome but you know i yeah i just i i can't keep up with it i can't mm. afford it and i can't listen to it also <laughs> you know i've i've heard enough to to like yeah. it, uh, a lot you know um, it is a shame you, in a way yeah yeah, yeah, but you know, if, if you're a big Eighth Doctor fan, you know you, you're mm. being regularly spoiled, which is great. Um, well, this, this is with, with Big Finish actually, just on that subject, because I remember when when they got McGann on to do them, because I think it, mm. it took a little bit longer to come in than the other Doctors. It was, I think it was still 2000, 2001, but and right. I, I remember just being really, really excited. I thought, mm. oh, brilliant, because now because I I had really enjoyed him, and I enjoyed and was enjoying the Eighth Doctor books the bbc mm. books a lot of those were really really good and but I, but they they're not paul mcgann you know the fact yeah. that now we get you know now we get paul mcgann being the doctor again in brand new adventures on audio is brilliant and i kind of when i started because I, I kept with the monthly releases but when i sort of fell when i fell away from that i still maintained the eighth doctor adventures as far as i could and mm. I've got 
all the Lucy Miller stories, and I I, I loved right. all those. So yeah, I, I haven't got the Stranded ones. Yeah, I, I, I've got Dark Eyes, but I haven't really listened to it yet. Mm. But I yeah, because so, because for me that was like the the future. You know, that was actually the continuation of Doctor Who. Yes, as far as yeah. I was concerned. So you know, great to have the past Doctors do new adventures, but actually. The eighth Doctor, the current Doctor, doing new adventures. Mm. That is Doctor Who continuing that, that's until it. the uh, new yeah. series came back. Yeah, came on. Um, so, uh, oh, and I was going to say it was really great when he returned briefly in uh, Night of the Doctor. Oh, you know, yeah. That was if, if anyone remembers, really, it, did it really good? Did it drop online or something? That it did. Yeah, it was on. Uh, I, it was on YouTube and it was on iPlayer. Yeah, and, um, and my you know, bloody they, mate, flipping and. Spoiled it for me. Uh, Not even really. a Doctor Who fan. Oh, Paul McGann, Doctor Who. Ah, you watched it? Yeah. You fucker. They, they kept it secret, you know, which mm. which was quite an achievement. Unusual again. for the Moffat years. Yeah, very. And, you know, oh, I, need, I need a Doctor, I'm the Doctor, but probably not the one you were expecting. And I was like, yeah. whoa. You know, it was, it was such Easy a cool tiger. moment. Yeah. You know, uh, re- really great stuff, you know. Um, so we've got a few um, tweets from people. Um, to uh, talk about the episode. Um, so James from the Pink Phone Box says um, that unique feeling of excitement that only comes with the anticipation of new Doctor Who was palpable yeah. like it was everywhere and everyone was talking about the show again. There you go, sad, yes. Um, I was sad it didn't lead to a series because there was so much to love, Paul McGann especially. What, what, what do you think about that? Were you, were you sad that it, it didn't go to a series at the time? Were you, yeah. were you old enough to make those sort of decisions, mate? Well, you know, I had to ask my <laughs> to parents, have those thoughts. you know, what what am I allowed to think here? Gaga, go, 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 But yeah, you know, I, like I said, I you know really liked it when I watched it and went yeah. and bought it and stuff. And there might maybe even there was a like a tie-in magazine, or maybe I bought the book, or I don't know, <clears throat> a long time ago. But um, you know, when I read that it, it wasn't coming back, I thought, oh, that's mm, that's a bit shit, mm. you know. Uh, so yeah, I was probably not disappointed to the level that you know. Like yourself, I was being, crushed. Yeah, I, I can imagine, you know, and crushed um, I was. But yeah, but I, I was thinking, yeah, I should have had more of that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I was disappointed. Yeah, um, Gail uh, writes, who's uh, at Mealy Garages. It was my first proper Doctor Who that I sat ah. down and watched. I thought it was pretty good as someone who wasn't a fan at the time. Mm. McGann looked mighty fine. All right, Gail, steady on. <laughs> uh, apart from that wig, of course. Is he wearing yeah. a wig in it? Uh, and he still does to this day. Totally wearing a wig. Um, <clears throat> James Jessup, who's uh, at Jessup217, says he's the best part of it. Uh, Santa Yunarchi, uh that's not the usual name for, for goddess. I uh, think there's a festive y- aspect to that K-13, one. 13 yeah. Um, though I admit that the TV movie has flaws, it was pretty good overall and some very new ideas that later used in the new series. Um so, which is kind of what you said. Mm. Uh, Cheryl, who's Gallifrey Angel, says, oh, it's brilliant. Always had happy memories of it as a 16-year-old. Um, and then Marty Pujols, uh, who is um, at Build a TARDIS. That's a great name. Uh, it's fun. Just a nice little film to watch in a weekend uh, weekend afternoon. So I th- we might have had some more comments, but I can't find them all right now. I know there, there's a few more tweets there, but what do you what do you think? Because there's one aspect of this which we haven't talked about, which is the regeneration. Oh yeah, it's quite an uh, important part of it, to be honest. Mate. Yes, you know, <laughs> get through well, this without talking about that. 
I did make notes on that, actually, yeah. Um, I wrote that um, Seven's death takes ages um, and, and seems to really go on for a while. Um, and then I liked the sort of um, homage to Frankenstein, which was mm. a little bit kind of heavy-handed by the fact that the porter was watching it. You know, maybe that was a, a bit much for it, you know. But like, again, you're you're selling the idea to a new audience who wouldn't yeah, know. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, maybe that's why they had uh, Sylve in it, to, to mm. you know, establish that for a new audience. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I liked it, and that... that the shot where Paul sits up and he has that, mm. you know, like film noir slice of light across his, yeah, eyes. Across his eyes. You know, it's, yeah. it's a, that's a classic shot. It's really good. Yeah. That that was on the cover of SFX magazine, I think, or at least one of the magazines back in the day, which which I snapped up and, yeah. and saw. But the the actual effect itself always got me because mm. it's, it's it's always one of those anticipatory moments. Uh, probably not so much these days in the same way because the effect actually seems pretty similar it's kind of it's kind of gone to that sort of golden fountain that outpouring of energy isn't it yes you know yeah. and okay there's been little tweaks at it but essentially it's always been it's that since thing, yeah. you know since 2005 so but obviously before that every regeneration was was different mm. and this one because I was expecting something actually quite spectacular perhaps along the lines of the mm. golden pouring of energy but it's it's probably one of the most subtle yeah, regenerations actually, it, I think um I I wrote that because you get this sort of weird um uh it, it's not a morph but it, it's it's a really like you know when you get um editing programs and you're like ooh there's a star <laughs> see what that one perfect. does <laughs> ooh this one's a box effect and another assorted shit that you never use if you're actually a you know, <laughs> credible editor. Um, and you, and you can get like warp effects where you know it, it there's like a pinpoint in it and it sort of yeah. pulls the image back in. So they've kind of used that yeah, and on the faces there to yeah. those together. Yeah, and and um, but, but yeah, like you said, it's very subtle. It's sort of before you realise it. Oh. Oh, he's turned into Paul McCann. Yeah, yeah. A few uh, little you know. lightning effects, a few little yes, lightning yeah. sparks and going on the, around it. You see the um, skeleton. You see a skeleton as well, mm. which I quite liked. Um, but for some reason, it, it, it made me think of, um, uh, what's his name? V- Vigo in Ghostbusters 2. You remember oh, the, the big, his I face, his face goes in. <laughs> That's just awful. How can you say that? I'll t- I tell you what, what, what I like about it. Firstly, it reminds me very much of Patrick Troughton in at the end of the War Games when he's been given loads of faces to choose from and mm. he doesn't like any of them and the Time Lords decide they're going to choose one for him anyway and he sort of recedes into this black background, splits up Bohemian Rhapsody style mm. and goes, no, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? And his voice goes weird and his face starts gurning all over the place and blurring in and out and there's a li- there's Sylvester McCoy doing a bit of gurning yes. twisting his face around and then before you know it He's Paul McGann, and he doesn't yeah. look any different, right, until he sits up. Now, you look at them yeah. side by side. Paul McGann and Sylvester McCoy are totally different, right? Mm. But on the table, on the gurney, with their heads swept back and their profile and that lighting, it, it's so and, and I, I love it because, actually, I, mean, I did see it. There's, there's just a flicker when you can just see them switch. But mm. watching this on an old... 625 line TV back in the day or in VHS didn't see that at all it was literally like there was no change that you noticed until he sat and think oh my god that's like magic he's suddenly Paul McGann how did that happen even now it's it's really subtle it's still pretty good 
Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, when it happened, there was a moment where I thought, oh, has he changed? Mm. You know, what, what's going on? It was, yeah, very... Um, very uh, you, you can see it now on a, on a on a high def telly when everything is kind of just exposed. There's there's no yeah. getting away from stuff with high high def TVs mm, now. But mm. you know, so um, but yeah, I, I I love it. I think it's great. And you're right. The the Frankenstein stuff is a bit heavy. But you got that big guy. Um, the in in the mort in in the what were they called? The mortuary. Oh, the morgue. Yeah. yeah, the morgue. The morgue. That's the word in the morgue. And he's he's brilliant. And again, yeah. another one of those bit characters that just has so much personality. The personality oozes through this this TV movie from yeah, start you, to you're finish. You're right. You know, the, there's there was a couple of bits in Grace's office that mm. uh, uh, was it paintbrushes and stuff, and I thought, oh, you know, it's in, indicating she's an artist as well or something. You know, it was just just enough that you yeah, know, that there's there's more going on than we're seeing on screen and you know, and, they, and that matches her love for madame butterfly for mm. opera you know pacini and the, the, the and i love also the way the opera music comes back to the doctor it's it's, it's his anchor to his previous self and and yeah. sort of sparks the or, or triggers his memory of, of what actually happened and mm. he sees it in grace's flat or sees the cd makes that connection uh, it's not a flat is it it's, it's an actual house yeah. so you know and, and again you know there's not a lot of time to tell this story it tells a lot of story probably too much in mm. some ways it's trying to squeeze a huge amount of stuff in all the continuity stuff plus the actual plot itself yeah we've got yeah. an atomic clock in there we've got a, a car chase a bike chase even we've got the doctor mm. threatening to shoot himself if the policeman doesn't do what he says and there's yeah. that nice joke he's british just go with it or whatever <laughs> you know and it's it's so so joyous and i'll yeah. tell you what just before we sort of Go back to us because I sorry I know inter- interrupted the tweets and that, but I have to say, talking about the personality and stuff, I love 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 right the moment where so so all of Earth right and the universe of space and time presumably is getting sucked into this high eye of harmony. Let's mm. not even go there, but it is that's what's happening. The countdown is to New Year's Eve, but it's a countdown to the destruction. There's no reason actually why. The, the world will end at midnight tonight on New Year's Eve. But it does. And it's great. Yeah, I love that, yeah. right? Because it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and it's purely contrived and purely coincidental. But again, it's so much fun. Just, yeah. just go with it. And 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 But there's a moment, right, when when the guy, what's his name? Doctor, is it Dr. Wag Rag or something? The the, 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 key, the chief scientist, right? He's about to announce that they're going to, this clock will be switched on at midnight and the doctor's already stolen the, the component, the beryllium chip or whatever it is that the whole thing depends upon. So, and, and he, and so he's, he's, he's making his big grand speech and it gets a little whisper in the ear that it's not working. And he's like, what do you mean it's not working? It's not going to happen. And he looks up at two guys on the gantry two scientists right who would be working on the clock and they just they just shrugged like well i don't know <laughs> don't know what's been going on and it's like and you know this is the culmination of this guy's life work yeah right yeah. is the launch of this atomic clock but by this point i don't give a fuck nobody does <laughs> and it's brilliant because it's in the program that that yeah. that comes from in the show itself it's not that the audience doesn't give a toss it's mm. like the characters like do you know what it's not important it's really yeah. it doesn't matter and i i just love that and that you know i i i get such a kick of joy sort of listening you know sort of watching those bits from this it's mm, just mm. it's fantastic you know for all its yeah. flaws for all its problems i honestly don't care i i you know i 
I, I love story and I love the logic in story and I love characters and when all those things come together but just occasionally it all breaks and the story doesn't make any sense yeah. and the plot doesn't really work if you look at it not even too closely just if you look at it it doesn't yeah. work the plot in this doesn't really work but it doesn't matter no, it, it doesn't one matter little jot it's so much fun and you know that Paul's Doctor is, is so good and it, you know really that that sort of stuff is all mm. that matters you know have you enjoyed it yes and in, in this one it, it, it really is yeah and yeah. Uh, you know and if, the even things like like the kiss which was contentious mm. right and we've seen a doctor kiss a lot since then but this was the first time he'd really done so like, whoa you know and and all the fairy lights in the in the background and yeah, the way the camera pulls the you know pulls the aperture in so we get that nice bouquet background and you know what I mean it just it's all blurred and it's all lovely it's just absolutely it's just yeah. joyous it's it is and, really nicely shot and you're right when Paul McGann sort of stamps his feet on the ground he's he's halfway through quite a serious conversation and suddenly it's like the fits the shoes mm. and then he runs around and you just laugh with him and Grace laughs yeah. with him and it's all sort of reflected back and then you cut to the master who's, who's just getting quite nasty and just you know tricking Chang Li that the doctor's taken his body and all yes. that sort of stuff the, yeah. the 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 other part I, I don't really like is the end and this this did used to bother me back in the day when the doctor sort of turns time back and saves everybody brings grace and Chang Lee back yeah. from life but again it's like do you know what it, it, they have to survive this we it, yeah. it's yes it starts off dark and it goes into a bit of a dark place with the scary eyes and everything right at the end and grace whacking him with a mallet mm. yeah that's a little mm. bit shocking but you know and that but we get this kind of golden glow coming up from the Eye of Harmony, which at the time I thought, oh, God, here we go. This is where the American schmaltz kind of creeps yeah, yeah. into the thing. You know, it's it, it's got to hit the studio requirements and, you know, the audience needs and all that sort of stuff. And I think, oh, God, it could do without that, which it probably could. But, you know, I think, actually, that's regeneration energy now. That's what I'm yeah, thinking in my head. Yeah, that's yeah. the golden glow we see in the regeneration nowadays and there's yeah, also yeah. that little wisp of breath that comes out of the doctor's yes, mouth after yes. he's regenerated again yes. we see a lot of those things now these little echoes mm. which you just wonder you know were they picked up on in in the tv movie or from the tv movie and they mm. kind of bled through you know yeah, the tv movies brought a sort of uh, you know a kind of a sort of maturity to to the classic series of Doctor Who. It sort of moved it, you know, it pushed it into that American framework. And and whilst we say, well, Doctor Who's not American, it's a very British thing. It can never exist as an American TV show. And clearly, because of this, it can't. But putting it into that framework, I, I think was totally necessary for mm. what the program became it showed people what it could be yeah, if it was I, brought I, back and maybe with some of those excesses and idiosyncrasies that made it more american than british mm. perhaps trimmed a bit but you know with american tv shows you get especially with those times you, you get fast pace you know you get very quick characters that you instantly just get you know you get much wider scope and scale on certain things you know you get bigger budgets lots of brighter lights and and doctor who i think because everybody's a bit afraid you know that sort of thing would kill it it would strip it of its quintessential character its britishness mm. but actually it didn't no, you know because, it changed you know, it sort of but it didn't mm. get rid of the heart and soul of doctor who no. and the movie has got the heart and soul of doctor who in bucket loads yeah. in spades because having uh you know emotion with your characters and 
Sorry, mate, I'm keeping you up now, aren't I? Yeah, I'm getting a bit tired. I did tell you I got, I had lots to say on this, and yeah. it is actually getting um, late, listeners, and yeah. the rest of my family have gone to bed. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm going to have to go <laughs> in a minute, I think. Um, but uh, I'll just say quickly, you know, but having uh, you know emotion <clears throat> and relations, you know, character relations, character no, relationship no, no. in the show <laughs> is. Um, you know, it's it's a very modern thing. You know, it's 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 much more <clears throat> present in mm. you know recent television, by which I mean the last kind of twenty odd years, than you know in classic Who. And by bringing those elements into the TV movie, mm. you know, it's it's helped humanise things a lot more and, and and add more depth to the characters. And then you know, perhaps if that hadn't happened, and you know the Schwartz angle and stuff. You know, when it came back, you know, it wouldn't have had those kind of mm. soap opera type elements, and you know, the the things that responded so well. You know, people responded yeah, so well yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, again, you know, you look at this in in a historical perspective. So the last series of um of, of the classic series with Sylvester and, and Sophie was was starting to tread into into yeah. that sort of territory because Ace was a, a much more fully developed character than any companion really had yes, been, definitely, and, yeah. and performed that way and written that way, and she had a journey to go through from start to finish and it continued beyond beyond the show and the mm. stories were getting a bit more complex they were in some ways starting to be more mature you look at the curse of Fenric you know there's a whole story about sort of adole- adolescence and you know sort of loss of innocence and you know all kinds of stuff there and sort of demons and vampires are all sort of tied into that sort of stuff you get Ghostlight which is in- an incredibly complex story on many many different levels and thematically it's exploration of, of Ace and her relationship with the Doctor you know and and yet the tragedy of that thing is and is is that nobody outside of the fandom really was watching and had realized that doctor who was was getting to those sort of levels survival we get you know the the doctor and ace in a in a in a, in a council tower block which we'd never had before yeah. in the real world you know dealing with people in 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 a suburban and town setting which we'd never had that and of course that's where the you know where rose sort of picks up in in that same urban environment in a, in a, you know, from a very similar perspective, and in between that, we get the TV movie with its American flourishes, with its bright lights, with its big budgets, with its big set, and everything else. And you kind of think, you know, if you take what was happening with season twenty six, the the last Sylvester McCoy season, blend it with the best bits of the TV movie, you spit it out the back. And plus, when you think about, you know, all the stuff Russell T Davis was saying at the time, we want it to be like Buffy and Smallville. Mm. Because again, the Doctor Who TV movie happened right at the start of that wave of TV yeah. show and that level of complexity that was being introduced in those, those, mm. those longer fant- fantasy series. But it's still, but it's there in in the in the Doctor Who movie script as well, it's it's all there in in that mm. story, and I'm glad in some ways that actually it didn't go to the series. I, I, I mean, I was yeah, I was I was gutted at the, at the time, but I'm glad that we got the series we did get in 2005. But yeah, I, going back to what I was saying earlier, I'm not sure we would have got the new series had the Doctor Who TV movie not happened, and no. I think we owe it that. You know, it's it's a joyous island of fun, nonsense, but a huge amount of heart and soul and quintessential Doctor Who right in the middle of the wilderness. Yes. If if you haven't watched it and do uh, it. you know, I'm sure some people haven't, yeah, do it. Do you do yourself, do yourself a favour. favour. <laughs> and, and um you know, go and discover the eighth doctor. And tell us what uh, you think. And, and, and take it further with him. Yeah. 
so yeah it's been really good going back and watching this again and um, um, yeah, I kind yes, of feel definitely. like I, I want to go and listen to some 8th Doctor audios now do that Jeff okay. do that right now my friend Yes, I will. I'm keeping my voice down because literally everyone else in the house has yes. gone to sleep now. Yeah, we, we should uh, sign off for now. <laughs> sign off! So, night thank night you, listeners. Everyone. Yeah, see you soon. See you next time. Bye for now! Cue music. Have we got music? Yeah, we'll have to play the music quietly. No, we won't. It's loud. Mm-hmm.